0: Hey, Ask Kickers, welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so glad that you are here sharing your time with me. And let's see, what do we have coming up? Something really exciting as we are heading into October. We are heading – no, we're in fall. <laughs> it's You know, we're headed towards the end of the year, and that means that my second book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, 14 Habits That Are Holding You Back from Happiness, is coming out January 2nd. If you heard my episode, I think it came out over the weekend about what's coming up. You probably heard about it. I gave lots of links in that short episode. And one of the things I just wanted to kind of underscore today is that I might be coming to a city near you in January or February. I'm doing a East Coast tour In January, and I am also going to the West Coast probably, I haven't quite decided yet, February at the latest March. And you can find the cities that I'm going to at yourkickasslife.com forward slash H-T-S-F-L-S. That's the acronym for how to stop feeling like shit if you missed it. (laughs) H-T-S-F-L-S. And what happens there is you can sign up to be notified if you see one of your cities there. Even if it's kind of near you and you think like, well, I would make the the trek over to that city. We're gonna I'm gonna have book signings, meetup events, and also in many of the cities, I'm gonna be doing small exclusive workshops for a handful of women that I'm really excited about to spend, you know, a half day with some of you and get some work done. And I'm really, really excited for all of that. I'm also going to be, God help me, taking one child at a time with me. That would be my children. (laughs) That sounded like I'm just going to pick a random kid that wants to come with me on a book tour. No, I'm taking my kids. Because one of the things, I think this is sort of important to mention. One of the things, sort of a dream that I have in this business is to take my kids with me if it works, it's been really hard over the years traveling. As some of you know, I started this business when my kids were babies. They were one and three. My daughter had just turned one. My son just had just turned three when I launched Your Kick Ass Life. I'd been coaching a few years before that and in training and all of those things, but it's been tough traveling. And I've always wondered, like, how am I gonna make this work? And I what I have done is I've just chosen not to travel a lot. I've just engineered this business to not travel. And now that they're a little bit older, it's a little bit easier. I am going to take one of them. Taking both of them and when it's just me sort of makes me want to gouge my eyes out. So I'm going to do one at a time. One at a time feels fun. One at a time is completely doable. And I'm really excited for Toronto and New York City is my kickoff. My son is beside himself with excitement. He's 10 and he is just enamored with big cities. He's been obsessed with big cities for forever. He loves the tall buildings. He loves all the things to do. He loves the museums. He loves just, he's just fascinated with all of it. And he just can't stop talking about it. He can't stop talking about it. He's looking at it on Google Earth and what are we going to do? And let's make a list of all the things that we want to see. So we're really excited about that. Go to the website, to that link that I told you about, if you think that you might want to come. I would love to be able to see you in person and squeeze you and talk to you and all of the things that happened at these events. Very, very fun. Last thing I want to mention before we jump into today's awesome interview with Maria is that... Kick Your Gremlins' Ass, Manager, Inner Critic for Unparalleled Self-Love. The class, the online class, is open for registration now until Sunday, October 1st. That's when I close the registration for that class. This was the first class I ever created back in 2011 and have updated it twice to make it better than ever. With my seven years experience teaching this topic, plus working on it relentlessly in my own life on The Inner Critic, this class is perfect for the woman who maybe finds herself comparing herself to other women on the regular and never feels like she quite measures up. Maybe you look in the mirror and tell yourself all the things that are wrong with your body and your appearance, listening to things in your head like, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not wealthy enough, something Not enough. We all go through this to some extent. But if you're really ready to learn how to manage it, if you're ready to have a plethora of tools in your toolbox so when you hear that voice, when you have that feeling, you can bypass it and think better thoughts and have more self-confidence – If you are ready to spend some time working on this specific issue in your life so you can have better relationships and just generally feel better all around, I invite you to join us for this online class. There's some amazing bonuses available right now, and one of them is that I'm teaching this class live, and it is for the very last time. I'm opening up a private Facebook group for this class where I'll be answering your questions as you go through the work with many other women just like you, and I'll be there to help guide you. So you can go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash gremlin to read testimonials about women that have gone through this class and to join us. I've had people tell me that this class catapulted their personal growth journey, that it was the very first thing that they worked on. And they say, like, it was that class that really pushed me out in order to do big things like going back to school after wanting to for years and talking about it and just not doing it and just really start making decisions for themselves instead of making decisions or lack of making decisions out of fear. Yourkickasslife.com forward slash gremlin to join us. And just to clarify, this might have been a little bit confusing as I was talking about it earlier. This class will always be available to join as an at-home study course, but this is the last time I'm offering live support for this course. So if you want to work on your inner critic and you would love to be there in a group of people doing it at the same time as you, if you thrive in that kind of environment with accountability, and if you like the idea of being able to ask me questions when something comes up, if you have a personal and unique situation or you don't understand something, for many people, including myself, that's accountability for me. (laughs) I'm not that disciplined when it comes to just purchasing an online... Course and downloading it and getting to it when I have time. No, but if there's a group of people doing it at the same time and the creator of that course is guiding all of us, you bet your ass that I'm way more likely (laughs) to actually do it. So if any of you are like that, then this is really the time to jump in. And plus, there's a lot of extra bonuses. So I hope to see you over there. All right, let's get on with today's show. (laughs) eh <laughs> so excited to have you listen to this conversation interview I did with Maria Felipe. She has so much energy. She is just infectious. And I know that you are going to love her. Let me tell you a little bit about her before we jump in. Maria Felipe is the author of Live Your Happy, a Cuban American born in Miami. She is five foot nine with a towering personality to match. After experiencing success as a model and actress, including hosting World Wrestling Federation TV shows, and P.S., I I do ask her about that because it's awesome she felt called inward and studied to become a reverend at pathways of light an accredited religious school inspired by a course in miracles she leads monthly services in both spanish and english at unity church in burbank california you can visit her online at MariaFelipe.org. and without further ado here is maria hello maria thank you
2: so much for being here Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be able to join with you to be truly helpful. I know it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of fun,
0: before this was just this morning, before we jumped on the call, I always like to do a little bit of of research on the person that's coming on the show. If I, if I don't know them personally and previously, and so I was reading your bio on your website and I saw that you used to be a WWF host, right?
2: yes so of course I google it <laughs> <laughs> yeah world wrestling entertainment I was I did I hosted a show for them called Los Super Astros which was on Univision but I actually worked with the English crew so I traveled all over the United States with them back in the day and it was
0: like uh, the late 90s it was a long time ago from the YouTube videos that I was watching
2: yeah it was in the 1990s and it's like back in the day when the rock was there yeah when he was just like up and coming and he wasn't this big superstar that he is now and really sweet guy we're both from the same you know we have the same hometown which is miami so we always had a lot to talk about and i got that job out of like maybe like 500 girls that auditioned for that position and i was in one of the most depressive states of my life and i booked that job so that's funny Yeah. Well, you were selling it on, on the, on the
0: videos that I saw you, you did amazing. You looked amazing. And, and yeah, well, that's like, well, let's start there. So what, that was my question. Like, how does she go from doing that to where you are now in 2017 and have written this amazing book about happiness and do counseling and, and all of these things. So can you tell us your story? How did you get from that depressive state to where you are now?
2: Yeah, I always thought that I was going to be in television and film just because it had been something I had been doing for 18 years. So, you know, when you're doing that for such a long time, you feel like that's going to be your career for the rest of your life. So I felt like I would be acting until I got a lot older, just because, you know, there are a lot of actors that, you know, are, are older in age. So I figured I would, but my path would be different in the sense that I felt that during my career, my focus was always on form. My focus was always on the outside, my focus was, you know, if I booked a job, the commercial, I was happy. If I had a TV show, I was happy. If I was in relationship, I would be happy. So all my happiness and my peace was determined by something had to be working outside of me so that I can feel fulfilled and feel happy. So, and I would feel happy, but it was very, it's what I call false happiness. It's like mm-hmm. the happiness that's a little bit tricky because it's its dependent on stuff outside of you. So you're happy for a hot second, right while you have that and then you're a hot mess the next second you know Mm -hmm. because you don't have it anymore yeah right so in 2009 when I was going through my divorce I started to have like this inner reflection and start to go within about what's life all about and and what's going on here and I started to get very destructive through my divorce I was drinking a lot heavily and just partying and and I was just like in this destructive space of where I said I need to do something and I remember I started ministerial school at Pathways of Light, which is a ministerial program based on A Course in Miracles, which is, you know, the teachings that I talk about in my book. Mm-hmm. And, and that really started to change me. And that was in 2009. I really started to be very introspective and started to realize that there was something more and that my happiness was not outside of me. And I started to do really deep work on healing this. And started to shift and undo. And instead of it being normal for my happiness to be from outside of me, I started to make it normal that my happiness it comes from within me. So I started to undo that thought system from fear to love. And then I started to experience what I call now true happiness because it doesn't come from anything external. Yes, to everything you said. And that's so interesting. You and I have
0: very similar parallel stories. and And what's interesting is that for me same thing. I went through an egregious divorce and was self-destructing. And what, what brought me out of it though, wasn't A Course in Miracles. It was the secret, (laughs) the movie, The Secret. So Uh It's kind of funny how, you know, it's like these quote unquote trends that were popular and in self-help helped us both come out of this funk. So tell us, I I know your book kind of offers a practical guide for A Course in Miracles. So I know that there's a lot of listeners maybe who have no idea what that is. So can you give us like a snapshot
2: of what that is for people that might not know? Yes, The Course in Miracles is, uh, you know, basically a book that helps to have a relationship with what I call your internal teacher. It could mm-hmm. be your inner friend, your best friend, you know, your intuition, that voice within you that just you feel that kind of nudges you to go left or right or, or whatever. It really helps you to build a relationship with with your inner friend. And it also helps in understanding the way your mind works. I feel that we're in a society that we're trans out. We're on automatic pilot and we have no idea the way our mind works. That our mind is run by two thought systems, which is either fear or love. And with the Course in Miracles, it helps you to discern, to choose the voice of love, which is the voice of Holy Spirit, consistently in your life. And that takes something. So it really, really helps you to really undo the fear in your mind and all these, you know, these, these concepts that you've made up since you were very young, that you're, you're not worthy, that you're unlimited, that you're not good enough. All this, the course helps you to undo that voice of fear and start to hear more pump up the volume. I like to say pump Mm -hmm. up the volume on the the truth voice in your mind, which has been so silent, you know, because the course says that the ego speaks first, And speaks the loudest because it's part of this form world, it's part of the separation. So the course helps you to, with practice, to, you know, lower the volume on the the ego voice and start to hear more the voice of love in your mind. And it's a very radical teaching because it teaches you that you're not a victim of the world that you see. So you're completely responsible for your experiences in your life. You're responsible, not that they're happening, okay? You're responsible how you can experience them. That's what the course says.
0: Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. slash Andrea. That's 15% off at Masterclass.com slash Andrea. Masterclass.com slash Andrea. That's been on my to-read list for a long time. I have read A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson, which is kind of her interpretation of the book, if you will. And we'll link up to that in the show notes, both A Course in Miracles and A Return to Love, and as well as your book. And so you came up with your book from a Facebook post, your book, Live, You're Happy. Can you tell us about that? How did that happen and come about?
2: Yeah, it's a funny story. I never had any intention of writing a book. I had been speaking already for about three years. I was already considered a course teacher and I'm traveling the world, but I never thought about writing a book. And I, what I did is I created an inspirational CD instead, just because I didn't feel that I was the type of person that would write a book. I don't consider myself an intellectual. I don't consider myself good with grammar. I have dyslexia. I don't like reading. I don't like writing, you know? So I was like, how does that look, you know? How would I write a book, right? So I was on the internet and I was having a delicious glass of Pinot Noir, you know? And I wrote a post on Facebook. And when I wrote this post, it sounded like it could be in a book. Hmm. And I wrote excerpt from my book not even knowing that that would mean that I had written a book, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So the next day, D. Patrick Miller, which actually was the one that published The Disappearance of the Universe by Gary Renard, and he was pretty well known in the Course in Miracles community, reached out to me on Facebook and asked me about my book. And I was like, what is he talking about? And then I looked at my feed of the day before, and I was like, oh, my God, I posted this while I was drinking Pinot Noir. So I always tell people, don't post while drinking, but this this is a a good thing. And, you know, I didn't write back to him because I felt so embarrassed because I didn't have a book. So he emailed me personally and said that he wanted, he always gets very interested when course teachers are writing a book and he wanted to know more about my book. And I was like, oh my God. So I ended up talking to him and after long conversations, he convinced me to do a book proposal. And in between September, of which I posted that and six months later, I had a book deal so from when I posted the Facebook poll to I got the book deal was exactly six months. Wow
0: mm-hmm. that I think you know i the universe works in mysterious ways, and that sounds like one of them
2: <laughs> uh, yes, you know, a rare time where drinking and posting worked out, <laughs> yes, and I feel that you know. Everything will be used in this world, like all kinds of symbols and things will be used for the higher good of purpose, you know? And I feel that every single soul and spirit has its divine plan of ascension, of awakening. And I feel that that was part of mine. You know, I don't think I would have written a book any other way unless it would have come that way, you Mm -hmm. know? That's what I love about spirit, because Holy Spirit's going to meet you where you're at, and it's going to be very gentle when you're willing. And I feel that Patrick coming into my life, he was so gentle, and he was so helpful And helping me, you know, feel comfortable as a writer and becoming an author. Like he totally was my mentor and really believed in me and my work. And then now, you know, this has come to life. So it's it's just a big blessing and I'm very grateful. Well, congratulations. I mean, I know how, I know what a big deal it is to have, you know, a dream start as
0: a seed and come to fruition. And it's, I always tell people, be, you know, owning your own business, yes, but writing a book, I don't know if you had the same experience, but it definitely forced me to walk my talk in terms of the tools that I have because it brings out all of, you
2: know, your ego and inner critic and fear. And wouldn't you say? Yes, I think that you're you're completely right. It really, I think it really brings you into um, living the teachings of whatever it is that you are teaching without compromise. And then when interviews, you're constantly talking about it, like I'm constantly talking about it. So for me, it's just another, you know, just another reminder and another reminder and another reminder. But I feel that it's, you know, for me, it's very important. With my book, especially, and this is like a message I like to always share with people, it's like my career as an actress defined me so much that I suffered a lot because it was my source. Like It's what I identified as myself. So with my book and stepping into being a a teacher and a a speaker, I always said it would never be that way for me in this business because Mm -hmm. I suffered so much because of that. So Mm -hmm. I feel that the reason also I got the book deal is because I never made it matter. Like I hardly even cared. <laughs> because I said this book is not going to define me. Like this, this is going to be a fun project, and I'm going to do it and everything. But I never made it my source, mm-hmm. and even now, and even now, it's a lot of fun promoting it because I don't, you know, I don't make the numbers matter or if it's going to be successful or not, or blah blah blah. I really took this on in joy and in happiness because I suffered so much with this opposite. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think what
0: you're Sort of alluding to, or if I could just tag onto it, is the whole concept of being unattached to the outcome. And what's been a huge lesson for me in that whole concept of, you know, the law of attraction or whatever you want to call it and being unattached to the outcome. I used to confuse that with oh, so I'm not allowed to be excited about it or want what I want. So I like to separate that now and and tell people, well, like you're allowed to want your book to be successful. You're allowed to be really excited that it's out and want a lot of people to read it. The difference is, is that if it's not that successful or if it doesn't get published, that doesn't mean you are fill in the blank. It (laughs) doesn't mean that that you are unworthy of other dreams or that you're not good enough, et cetera, et cetera. Do you agree with me on that one?
2: Yes, you know, absolutely. I think that, you know, sometimes we, especially, you know, myself with the work of the course, you know, it's sometimes you could feel like, oh, you know, you don't want to be excited because then you're, I'm thinking that this defines me. But, you know, I think it's important to celebrate and to be happy about stuff that goes on in form and in worldly sense. But at the same time, I feel that what's really, really helpful is to discern and to just be very, very mindful of what you're doing. And not getting lost in it, you know, mm-hmm. not getting lost in the success and the manifestation and, and, and enjoying it, but being very vigilant because the ego is a scavenger dog, you know, the ego would like find any moment to make you believe that something outside of you is your source. Any kind of little thought. It'll grab I like it that analogy, a scavenger dog. Yes. Yeah. And then you're going to straight to hell, right? Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> because, you know, people think that hell and heaven is somewhere you go to, but it's really right now. I mean, I have felt that I'm in hell, haven't you? Yeah, you know, it's like. It's like, sucks, sucks ass, you know, sucks ass. So it's like, when you go, the ego will take you straight over there. So I think it's just very important to whatever you're doing in this, you know, dream world illusion that I like to call it, is to be very mindful. What are you doing? What's going on here? And I think that nowadays, it's funny that you brought up manifestation. And sometimes I feel that maybe I won't be such a popular teacher because, you know, I don't talk a lot about manifesting just because you know, I always manifesting that I talk about a lot is really the manifesting of understanding that you have it all, like nothing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people talk about manifesting of creating like six, you know, six steps to this or doing that. And I'm not saying that's wrong or bad, just saying that I have actually manifested things when I have felt like crap, mm-hmm. or when my mind is out of whack, you know, so it's funny, because when I got remember how we talked about from the beginning, it's funny how this comes into a circle. That I got the show WWE and I was the most depressed I've ever been in my life. And in worldly sense, I was successful, right? And I created something successful even though my mind was crap. But I feel that sometimes you are going to create certain circumstances that are going to appear success in the world because your soul has to go through that to heal. You know, oh, so I mm-hmm. so I think it's interesting because I've never even heard people talk about this, but it's just was my experience that I feel that sometimes people think, oh, you know, you need to have this positive mindset to create positive results in form. And yes, that's true because the mind is very powerful. But I feel that the ego is always going to want you to create stuff outside of you and manifest more and more and more. It's like a carrot, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you get one carrot and then you want more carrots and then more carrots and then it's just not enough you know? And I'm not saying that it's bad to create stuff in form. I'm not saying that it's just be vigilant. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Like, what, what is it that you're doing? Like, are you getting lost in it? Like, is that defining you? Is that your source? Because ultimately that is going to end. And then your peace is gone because you put all of your energy and thinking that that's your completeness that completes you. Yeah, it does. And
0: well, I used to be really into the law of attraction, A lot, you know, because it is it is sort of the thing that jump-started my personal development journey. And I, I realized, wow, my mind is powerful and gratitude is extremely powerful. And those are the kind of main tools that I use to get myself out of this deep, dark hell, as you put it. And but what ended up happening for me is that I had a lot of questions and I, I was questioning some of the practices. So I've kind of moved away from it and become skeptical about some things. And I, I kind of take what I want from those teachings and, and leave the rest. And, and I, 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 do have a question for you around that, because I think that the misinformation and the thing that really rubs me the wrong way about the teachings of the law of attraction is the whole concept of, you know, you have to have a positive vibration. You have to have this vibration that's on a very high level, don't Be around people that don't, you know, don't sink into feelings that aren't a high vibration, etc. So, so what do you think about being happy all? I know your book is about happiness. Are you saying that we should be happy all the time? How do you feel about that?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I just have to pause a second because I feel that your question is very powerful. Well, first, let's go back to your experience with your past because we, you know, it's very similar to me. Like, I loved. I was. It's funny you bring up the secret because I used to watch it all the time. You know, I own a copy of it on DVD. I had it on DVD. I had it in my car. I used to listen a lot to, you know, Abraham Hicks. And I used to, you know, all this stuff about like, you know, manifesting. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful that you say that because I was there, too. And again, I'm not saying that that's bad and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, you know, and I I also think I love what you said that you take things from it that resonate with you and that are helpful, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that every particular soul and person that's very important is to really go down the path that resonates with you and not necessarily would that be the same path I'm on, you know, but I feel it's just very important to be open, you know, and that's when you're open and you're willing, you start to see probably other things that could also be helpful, but everybody's different on their journey. But, going back to can you be happy all the time? yes, I feel that we can, and I think that that's a little bit you know funny for me to say because people are like, "What are you talking about? you know how could that even be possible and this is how how it works it's you think that just because you are going through something like a change and you're not feeling happy, you think that that's unhappiness, you think there's something wrong there, but it is under the happiness umbrella because that feeling or that sadness or whatever it is that you feel you're feeling is going to help in the awakening of you being happy. So it's not like you're not happy. It's just that you have forgotten for a hot second that you're not, you know, but Mm -hmm. your truth is, is that you are, because it's our inheritance. Our inheritance is happiness. Our function is happiness. You know, the course says God's will for us is happiness. Like, you know, that is your inheritance. It's your divine right Who you innately are in truth. So what happens is, is that we've been run by a society that's ego-driven. And we think that fear is normal. So fear is very normal. So if you feel sad, that's very normal. You know, if you're depressed, that's very normal. You take a pill for it or you get help with a psychologist or whatever it is. So that is very normal. That's a very normal thing in society. So what I'm trying to do with my book is really changes the concept of this thinking that how about the opposite of that? You know, how about undoing that? How about happiness is normal? How about feeling at peace is normal? How about looking for your answers within you is normal? How about that? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a change of mind from fear to love and understanding that why can't we have the opposite? You know, the time has come. We've been run by and riddled with fear for what appears eons and eons of times of wars and destruction, all this. Like, how about the opposite? You know, if we had the kaka for so long and this crazy bullshit for so long, why can't we have the opposite of that? Yeah. You know, so I feel that it is possible to be happy all the time, because why is it possible to be fearful all the time? Right? Yeah. Yes
0: to that. And I need to pause and just say that I love that you just use the word caca. <laughs> you just brought me back to my childhood. I I was I I was telling Maria before we started recording, my mom my mom's first language is Spanish. And when I was little she didn't – she taught me all of those kinds of, like, little kid words in Spanish. So I know panza and mocos and caca and, <laughs> and nagas and, like, all these, like, little – you know, the words that you, you know, teach the children when they're little. And so whenever somebody – and my children – I'll tell you this, Maria. My children know breasts as chichis. Like, they don't know any other word. <laughs> oh, my God. it's so funny. How many kids do you have? I have two. Oh, And I nursed them both, and they – I don't think that they – oh my gosh, I don't think that they know the word boobs. They think that they're Chi-Chi's. So when you said that, I was like, oh my God, totally brought back to my childhood. (laughs) Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify.
3: Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
0: Anyway, I love what you said, and I, I think we agree, but we just explain it differently. So the way I would explain that is, in regards to feelings, is that I think that happiness can be your foundation. And I think that when we maybe the difference than the way I look at it is that when we avoid the feelings of sadness, grief, rage, sometimes anger, disappointment, when we avoid them, which a lot of my listeners do, you know, by numbing out, by trying to control their feelings, by, quote, unquote, being strong those feelings don't go anywhere and they live in your body and they end up manifesting in some other way so like anxiety insomnia insecurity resentment blame things like that so my philosophy is, is you have to feel whatever you're feeling because we are human beings. You know, we're not, we're not human doings. We feel and we be. So my, again, my philosophy is like, feel whatever you need to feel, but put a container around it. You know, don't make it your identity. And if, and if it does become that, go seek out help from a counselor or a therapist, etc. because it, that is the vehicle to happiness, <laughs> to feel whatever you feel as a human. Hey, everyone, interrupting this interview for a quick word from our sponsor. A couple weeks ago, I finally tried HelloFresh because I've been wanting to have an easier way to make dinner that's not always from the freezer section. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with a step-by-step instructions on these beautiful handy-dandy cards designed to take around 30 minutes. They source the freshest ingredients, measure to the exact quantities – So there's no food waste. HelloFresh delivers food to your doorstep in a recyclable insulated box for free and it's less than $10 a meal. Let me start by saying how interested and excited my kids were that food was delivered to our door and it wasn't pizza or Chinese food. They couldn't wait for me to open the box and see what was in there and start to cook it. The first night we had the seared steak and nectarine salad and I ate it straight out of the salad bowl you guys. I couldn't even wait to put it into a regular bowl. I should have taken a picture, but it was so beautiful that I ate it. The next night we had the hearty pork chili and it was so damn good. I was disappointed the next morning when I saw that my husband had taken the leftovers. Don't you hate it when that happens? Because I wanted to eat it. It was so easy and so yummy, so if you're thinking about trying HelloFresh, please do. Please support our wonderful sponsors that help bring you this podcast and you can get $30 off your first week if you go to HelloFresh.com and enter YKAL30 as the pro code. That's HelloFresh.com, ykal 30 in the promo code to get $30 off your first week.
2: Yeah, it's, it's actually vital. You know, I, I talk about in my book, Feeling Your Feelings, you know, it, it's part of, you know, that happiness umbrella, which I'm talking about. And yeah. the way you described it is beautiful. Yeah, it's completely in alignment. And, you know, I think that a lot of people don't want to feel because also if they're spiritual, they're like, You know, I've had my, you know, my one-on-one clients be like, oh, no, no, I don't want to feel that or think about that because I'm already good. You know, I'm spiritual and I'm doing my affirmations and I don't want to go back in time because, you know, I don't want to bring that up again, you know. And, you know, spirituality is not brushing things under the rug, you know. Mm -hmm. Being spiritual and being on this path doesn't mean that you avoid things, you know. On the contrary, you know, you go there and I always say, you know, you're authentic and you're open and you're willing and you and you just, you know, you just go to those dark places, you know, to be able to really wake up, you know. And I always say authenticity is sexy, you know, mm-hmm. because it is, because then you start to become more attractive because then you're not restricting anymore. You're not restricting mm-hmm. your emotions. You're not pretending, la, la, la. I'm happy, I'm spiritual, kumbaya, you know, like this <laughs> false this false happiness, you know, and, you know, live your happy. And I feel that some people think, you know, this book could be kind of like, oh, rah, rah, happiness, cheerleader, happiness, you know, false happiness. But this is about happiness that I feel that really is living the course of miracles, the principles, living whatever it is, like whatever it is that you're up to Buddhism or, or whatever it is to really live the concepts in your life at max capacity without compromise. I feel that, for a long time, as you can relate to with The Secret and all these things, it's like I was so addicted. I, I had like self-help desperation, you mm-hmm. know, like it was like a lot of books, watching Oprah back in the day when it was popular, you yeah. know, and like and like so transed out by all of this stuff and not feeling happy. You know, I would like I would have a reading and I would read, you know, one or two days and then I would not I would feel good and then I would feel you know good and then bad and then back and forth this is why I started to wake up is because I was like what's going on here like I'm doing all this work I'm affirming you know day and night I'm, I'm walking on coal or whatever the hell it is right and I'm not feeling happy so with live you happy I go into this space of wow you know like let's go there like you know there was a lot of things I had to look at that I didn't want to look at you know I you know I had an atopic pregnancy back in 2013 and that wasn't fun and I had to look at my relationships with men in that area. I had to go back and look at my abandonment issues with my dad. I had to do a lot of work to be able to clear the clutter in my mind and it took something. And I feel that a lot of people want to be happy but they don't want to go there. You right. know, They don't want to do the work and that's really vital and important. Yeah, I actually have a podcast
0: episode that came out a couple of months ago where I, I said, the title of it is, are you half-assing your personal development? And I can link to it in the show notes where I'm talking about that. Like, I asked people, are you hoarding personal development? Like you listen to the podcasts, you read all the books, but when it comes down to the hard stuff, like grieving your miscarriage or dealing with your daddy issues with a therapist or journaling or forgiving, and like that's where the real hard work is, is the processing of it, not just reading about it. And, you know, it's like you don't get fit by watching other people at the gym work out or reading about working out. You get fit by actually doing the work and practicing and maintaining and continuing to do so.
2: Yeah, it's really... A daily thing you know like i always say you know watching your thoughts and being vigilant of your thoughts the second within the second you know like being very mindful and that takes something you need to practice every day you need to practice understanding that you're responsible you know for your experiences in your life you need to practice understanding you're not a victim of the world that you see you need to practice forgiveness even if you don't want to right Mm -hmm. even if you don't want to you want to forgive you know because you want to forgive not only for the other person but for yourself so you're constantly practicing you know my source is not outside of me I'm not defined by something outside of me you know practicing I I lack you know I have it on I lack nothing you know but really living that without compromise you know, like mm-hmm. really stepping into that in such a massive way. Why? Because the opposite has been around for too long. Yeah. You know? The slackiness, the you know, not wanting to do it. And this comes from a space of where what I went through, because I really went through this really hardcore. You know, I went through really wanting to be happy or wanting to experience peace, and I couldn't because I was so trans out. So because I wasn't willing to do the work. It's like, oh, I am love, right? So I am love. This sounds really nice, you know, or in the course it says, you know, I'm the light of the world or whatever. This sounds really, really nice. And intellectually, I get it. Mm-hmm. And I think we all, I think we all believe that. But in my life, I was looking for love outside of myself, you right. know, and a man, you know, like a man will complete me. A man is my God. That doesn't match. I am love, but then I'm going to go look for love outside of myself. It's not working. So here, living it, which is what you're talking about, too, and practicing this at max capacity is I am love and I am love, period. And being loving is how does that look like for you in world and in form? Well, if you're loving, then you are going to feel your feelings because feeling your feelings is a reflection of self-love, right? And starting to work on that your happiness is not in a man or happiness isn't, isn't in your children. Your happiness isn't in your job or in your money. You know, Your happiness is something that's innately yours already. You know, and all of that is an extension of that, but that doesn't complete you,
0: you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I would love for you to give us a real world example around the whole concept of love and fear, because from your book, you say that we can choose to see love through the eyes of love or through the eyes of fear. I've had another guest that talked about this, but I don't know if we've ever had like an everyday
2: example. So can you help us understand the difference between the two? Yes. So I talk about in my book, the two thought systems, which I actually got from the course, which is love and fear. So love is the voice in your mind that comes from Holy Spirit. It's that voice that is unlimited, is that voice that doesn't manipulate, that doesn't try to make happen. You know, it's the voice in your mind that is very patient and that trusts and that allows things to be Um, revealed and you're filled with wonder, you know, and the voice of fear is the voice that doubts is the voice of manipulation is the voice that that, that says I should have I could have I wish I would have done it better. So and, and it's always looking outside of itself. It's always, you know, judging and looking for its source outside of it. Now, an example that I could give you now that I've explained what is fear and what is love voice in your mind is very recently, I was I had a file on my Mac computer. This happened two days ago. And the Mac file is called my book. So in that file, I have a lot of different files of through my whole manuscript. Like from the beginning that I started writing my manuscript. I have press stuff in there. I have that the stuff that you have, author questionnaires. I have like a lot of stuff in there, you know, PDFs of my book, like just a lot of things that are very important. And a lot of people could relate to this, right? So yesterday I'm looking at my computer or the day before yesterday and I started to delete some stuff on my desktop to make it cleaner. And I deleted that whole book file, the whole thing, oh dear. the whole manuscript. I just deleted the whole thing. I was like, like and oh. you emptied the trash too on your desktop? Yeah, oh my yeah. God. So I look and I'm looking for my book and I knew it. Like I knew I had deleted it. I just felt like I dragged it in there with the pictures and I just deleted it. So right away the fear voice in my mind will come up and start to have a story about this. So this is how this comes in handy, right? So I'm very vigilant. I'm seeing how for a second, my heart is constricting. I'm like, Oh my God, my book file is gone. And all the story of like all the work and my manuscript and all this stuff. So, but what I did was I didn't buy into that fear because I stopped myself. And that's the work here, you know? And it's like, okay, it's, it says my book and it's gone. And that's it. Like, Am I gonna put like that my happiness comes from that file and that my peace comes from that file? No, I just have to figure it out and work it out. But I'm not gonna lose peace over this file being deleted because I'm worthy of so much more than that. You know, why am I gonna lose my peace of mind because of that file? So it's like this constant work with that. Then it's not like you don't take action or you don't do stuff after that. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well then how can I resolve this? So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get the file back, and I had a lot of joy trying to look at that up, and my husband, he's very, you know, he's like a digital Jedi, so he was trying to help me with it, whatever, and then um, I ended up being able to, I had a backup, you know, of my Mac computer on this cloud thing, and I ended up being able to get the my book file back since February, so everything from February now was lost, but I asked Kim for a lot of the press stuff of my book and then I had I have everything and actually now I like the file because there's not so many things in it now I have like only like five things in there now I was like I cleaned up a little bit so everything is so clean mm-hmm. so it's like so that's how it works going from fear to love you know it's like even with my book tour party I had a, not a book tour party I had a book launch party in Los Angeles a very big party and I, had, I was selling tickets for it and you know, you were going to get a concert because I did music and then, you know, I had food and, you know, it was like a big party I was producing and it was very nerve wracking, you know, because it was like, you know, my first book launch party. And I started to get nervous because of that, because the ego was making me identify with the party like this is such a big deal. You know, this mm-hmm. party is such a big deal and I'm like going to sell tickets so I was like starting to go into the nervousness. But what I did was is I stopped myself again and I'm like, listen, this is my book lunch party. I want to have fun with this. Like if I sell tickets good, if people come, no, if I get one person, that's fine. Like it doesn't matter. You know, it does not my identity. It doesn't define me. And when I did that, it started to become really fun, you know, and then I started to enjoy the process of my book lunch party and it ended up turning out really great. I had about, about 70 people that showed up and it was such a beautiful night. So this is what I'm saying. Like constantly we can choose how we can experience things through fear and love. And this is how we do it by letting go of making it a big deal, letting go of being transed out by being manipulated that, you know, the ego says you should do this or you should do that or or this needs to work because this is everything, you know, mm-hmm. and start giving more lightness. Like, you know what? It's just a my book file. You know what? It's just a party. You know, like relax, you know, I love
0: those examples because I think that you simplified it so much. And I, I appreciate that because I think sometimes there's this misconception when we, when we hear that whole concept of like, you can look at it from fear, you can look at it from love. And maybe when people think about coming at things from a place of love, they think, okay, now I need to like walk around with like a permanent Snapchat filter with like hearts coming out of my head and, and just, you know, letting being a doormat, et cetera, et cetera. But the way you described it and you said, you know, making things not that big of a deal. I I have so many examples of being in traffic where I hit traffic and Make the realization I am going to be lit. That happened to me one time on the way to the airport where I knew I was going to miss my flight because of it. And I was just panicked and pissed off and like, oh, this just is the worst. And then I was like, you know what? Oh, well. (laughs) I was like, I love it. My anger and angst and fury is not helping the situation at all. It's not going to make the traffic go faster. It's not going to make the plane wait for me. It's not going to make anything go better except just make me feel awful. So, and that, yeah. that is revolutionary for me. Let me tell you, Maria, because I, am someone, <laughs> I like to control things. I like things to go my way.
2: Yeah. You know, I love that you brought that up at the very, you know, right now at the very beginning, when you just started, what you just said and in the sense of practicality and me sharing the story. And I think it's just really, really important to get very practical with this and applying it into your daily life, you know, like every day with your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others. And I can relate with you with the controlling thing. And, and that's coming from, you know, the ego, cause the ego yeah. likes to control and manipulate and make things happen and have control. And it's exhausting. It it's is. exhausting. <laughs> so I think that we get to a point, which is where you've gotten to where I've gotten that we're like, Jesus, there has to be another way. Cause this shit sucks.
1: Ass. Yeah. You know,
2: it's like, and I'm happy I could say yes because you're, you know, your title, your story has it. So I'm happy I could say yes. So it's like, but it does because it's like this vicious cycle of like having this very heavy, heavy baggage of like constantly, constantly just, wow, like just trying to make everything happen and manipulating it and place. trying to orchestrate it, mm-hmm. you know? It's exhausting, you know? With my book tour, I've been totally different. You know, I'm going on a book tour now starting in. June 8th. So I leave for a month and a half and I'm touring about 15 cities in the U S and it's been so fun creating it because again, I'm not trying to make it or manipulate it. It's more of allowing everything to be shown. Like I didn't even pick the cities I was going to go to, you know, I just sent out an email and I had, you know, different course groups or course people or unity churches say, hey, we want you to come here. We want you to come here. So I allowed it to be shown to me versus, oh, I'm going to go this state and this date. I'm going to go here in the biggest state, San Francisco, New York, Miami. You know, I didn't do that. I was like, you know what? I'll go to Fort Wayne, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll go to New Jersey, you know, Asbury or whatever. I'll go to, you know, Lexington, Kentucky. It's like, it's like just allowing yourself to be shown because there's so much wonder and we don't know how much beauty, how much bigger Things we're going to get, you know, we think so small of what we think is the highest and best, then allowing for spirit, you know, your inner friend, best friend, whatever word resonates with you, and allow it to be shown to you versus you need to plan and make it happen. Yeah, you can have an idea, but let the wonder, let it be shown to you. It's just, it's a lot more fun, you know, and then you don't take it as serious. Absolutely. Yes, I love all of
0: this. And I have so loved this conversation. I feel like I could talk to you all day. But thank you so much, Maria. And you guys, Maria's book is Live Your Happy. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or the, there's a link to it in the show notes. And Maria, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And at this time, I'm offering people could actually download the introduction of the book for free. So if they go to mariafelipeorg slash free intro, you can actually download the whole first part of the book for free. So you can have an idea of what it's about. Mm
0: mariafelipeorg forward. Did you say forward slash free? A free, intro. <laughs> free intro. Free intro. Free intro. Okay, awesome. And, and mm-hmm. you guys, all yeah. the show notes will be over at the show notes for this show, obviously. And again, thank you so much for being here, Ask Kickers. I am so grateful that you show up every week to listen to the podcast. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Hey, Ask Kickers, you know what would help me out so much if you left a rating and review for this podcast. Your Kick-Ass Life podcast will always be free to you and to help me get more awesome guests and to spread the word, it helps tremendously if you leave a rating and a review. Now, they don't particularly make this super easy to do, so I'll help you out a little. If you're in iTunes and you're on your phone, when you are in the podcast app, you need to search for Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. I know, even if you're subscribed, this This is how you do it. So when you search for it and you see it come up, click on the cover art, then towards the top where it says reviews, click that, scroll down a tiny little bit, and then click write a review. Stitcher is a bit easier if you're on Android. The easiest way I found to do this is to type into Google stitcher.com your kick-ass life and voila, my podcast should pop up as the first link. Scroll down and click write a review. That's it. Thank you so very much. you have no idea how much it helps me when you do that. All right, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village Podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.